This is Movies, a podcast about the active cinema. And with me today is Hans. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. We have, we're going to get into some comic book-related news, as we typically do on this show, Movies. But we were just talking right before this program began about the successful campaign of one Eric July. Hans, are you removing your socks right now? I hate to break it to you. We're not on split screen, so uh, we just spared the audience that. That's better. Yeah, I just I I'm drinking tea, so I just got very sweaty, and steamy. So I'm just removing my clothes. That's why. Yeah, not not yeah. to uh, hopefully up the Patreon bucks. Well, we do have what like five percent women listener or something. Twenty seven percent, just about right female listeners. Yeah. Well, hold on. First of all, first I want to talk about this fact that um, I am a sorcerer. I'm kind of a warlock. In that Warner Brothers is now considering my suggestion. From months of months ago, of uh, casting Elliot Page as the replacement for Ezra Miller in the Flash. Yeah, as many people who follow the Facebook page have given me credit for, I'm gonna assume the credit for this because I was the first one to say anything about uh, swapping one LGBTQ for another. Yeah, that's gonna be great if it actually happens. It's not like that Flash franchise is pretty much de- dead. Flash, more like flash in the pan. Yeah. Without a penis now. No, wait. She has a penis? Does she have a penis? Does he have? I'm I'm, I'm too old and foreign to get that shit right. (laughs) So I hope I don't get censored for this. That naming or whatever the fuck that's called. But yeah, Elliot. Good for for you, I guess. Continuing to... Is that the, the first trans person that has continued to get work as a man now, I guess? Uh, What about Caitlyn Jenner? Well, as a man, you said, right? Yeah. Although some would say. Uh, well, what, is, what has I, she gotten besides like getting away with murder? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think she uh, she decided to uh, take a pause on her gubernatorial campaign during the recall election so she could go do Celebrity Big Brother Australia. Mm. Which go? is clearly a very lucrative gig if you're the potential governor of California. What you really want to do mid-campaign season... Is go do a season of Celebrity Big Brother overseas. Yeah. Did she win? I know you've seen it. I haven't seen it. I didn't I don't even no? think she was on the show. I think I think she probably dropped out before maybe it was a cover story. Maybe something else was going on. Maybe she's just crazy. I don't yeah. know. But we were talking hmm. about Eric July. Eric July, yeah. who uh you know, I see this guy all the time on my YouTube suggestions. He always just looks very uncomfortable in his thumbnails, very grumpy, just unimpressed. And this guy raised $1.7 million in four days for his own comic book series, which his, his comic book label is going to be called The Ripaverse. Now, yeah. we were just taking a look at the art. The art looks about what you come to expect from a comic book. It doesn't look unprofessional or anything, but $1.7 million is no joke. You take a look at people like Ethan Van Skyver and uh, yeah. what was his Di- Diversity in Comics, Richard Kern. Right? Or something like that. What's his name? I don't know. Richard the Quartering. Linklater. Yes, the, the Quartering. <laughs> um, one of these guys, who he, I remember the big thing that happened to him was he got invited on Jim Jeffries' show, and Jim Jeffries tried to humiliate him, and it didn't work. It actually blew up his subscription numbers, and Jim Jeffries' shows died. His, di- his show died. It was over. Um, his career. What is he doing now? Uh, dodging, just, just hoping that the Me Too allegations that he used to brag about on old podcasts like <laughs> yeah. Jim and Eddie uh, never come out. 
Never see the light it's, of day. It's, it's funny that he had to completely flip so that that didn't happen. Because every time he would go and Opie and Anthony, he would be either hungover or still drunk and just start just telling stories that you'd never say on a recording into a fucking satellite radio microphone. And then, what, five years later, he had to go completely extreme left and try to get gotchas on, on conservative people so that they wouldn't uh, cancel him. And I don't I don't even know what he's doing now. I, I you know, since he made that turn, it's like, why would I still listen to you? When you used to be funny, and now... He was hilarious. He was my favorite comedian for a long period yeah. of time. And then he did that out of self-preservation to make a little bit of money. But um, I don't know what he's up to these days. It's very unfortunate that he's opted to go in that direction and has disappeared as a result because he's a pretty talented guy. But I yeah. guess if you're going to be John Stewart Light, 4th edition... I uh, probably don't brag about getting a hand job or like d- giving drugs to a 16 year old girl and fucking her. Yeah. Uh, that's probably like the first big thing you got to avoid doing. If you're going to be on comedy central in 2020 mm-hmm. at, at 2020, any year, I think he was on in 2017 and 2016. It's been a minute, but um, Eric July, I mean, this kind of seems out of nowhere for me because comic books aren't really his, his forte as far as art as a medium. I think he's just known as a commentator and his channels, I guess big, but not that big. So where's this money coming from? A lot of people like to cite Peter Thale as the, you know, the source of a lot of the income of like the Red Scare adjacent people. I doubt that's the case here. Is that like a George Soros, but for the, right? Yeah, he's kind of shaping up to be that way. Peter Thale, I think, was one of these guys who got in on PayPal at the very beginning. Uh, He was like one of the co-founders or something. Has a lot of money and uh, likes to push some of that money into little... Uh, not even necessarily right wing, but, um, you know, uh, some, uh, these people who exist somewhere between the right and the left, like the Red Scare Girls or uh, Hadrian Belove, the guy who got canceled over saucy text messages to some female employees or whatever. Um, you know, these types of people who aren't like Trump conservative types, but yeah. are anti-woke. I guess, uh, I don't know. See, the the... I'm so out of touch with anything that has to do with comic books just because of what they've become uh, that I didn't even know that there was an audience for something as big as what's happening, which is what, almost 2 million, right? In, in less than a week. Um, good for him uh, <laughs> because I guess it shows that people are looking for for something that's just not going to shove politics down your throat in something that, Okay, I understand that some comic books were political back in the day, but the fact that they just try to shove everything or every diversity quota, every type of every... I even saw that uh, there was a comic book company that did like the first Down Syndrome superhero. And it's like... The, Are you kidding me? Like, No, that, that actually happened. If I could fucking share it, I, w- I will search for it right now. But uh, And then that company within months had to like fire a bunch of people because obviously like who's going to buy a comic book about a i mean no no offense uh, what, what is his superpower is it problem solving it turns it turns normal for like five minutes a day <laughs> oh it's like shazam but you become yeah. abnormal intelligence okay yeah yeah that was a really good uh jim jeffries joke by the way i don't know if you remember where it's like you know when when men fuck and then when you come you go a little retarded the retarded mm. men go normal when they come that was a 
That was the Jim Jeffers. You know, you know what I remember about that joke is Jamie Kennedy stole that joke for his Showtime special and oh. then swapped it out with uh, an Asian man. So do you think when yeah. an Asian man comes, he looks and then he does a very white but didn't didn't face. Shane Gillis get canceled for, for that too? I mean, I guess what does Jamie Kennedy have? I guess the comedy store, maybe. Yeah. I don't no, know. I don't think he's got anything. I think he was hoping for some sort of flashback for Scream, where they could do mm. the de aging, maybe like what they did with uh, what's his name, Skeet Ulrich, as Billy. Billy's the new hero of the Scream movies. I don't know. I mean, they I mean, fucking suck, I, and I'm glad Nev Campbell is not coming back because that new one was horrible. It was terrible. I've seen I've seen 15 minutes of one of those movies, and I had to not. It's it's what is it? 2000s, right? Early 2000s when this uh, came no, out. I, I'd say late 90s. 2000 or 2001 is when the last of the trilogy came out. Yeah, I saw what like 15 minutes of Drew Barrymore hamming it up, and I was like, oh yeah, there's nothing in here for me. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't get through it. So. I'm familiar with who those characters are, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, again, good for for Eric. Is it Eric July or is it Eric D July? Like Louis J. Louis J. Gomez? No, I think it's, it's like, Eric July. Okay, uh, I I don't know anything that's going on with comics for for those reasons too. And uh, I mean, I guess I guess good that he's taking advantage of that medium and people that are willing to throw money at a project like this, I saw that he was selling also like collective uh, cards for a hundred dollars or something like that. And I guess that's where a lot of the money came from too. Uh, limited edition collecting cards that also I, I I'm completely Are they also familiar with that word or something. Is that no, no, gimmick here? no, no, just a card. I think it's like, like this big, so it's like, mm. like pretty big. But hundred dollars yeah. for a you know card. we'll be we'll be selling those cards too, but uh, mm-hmm. they'll be mass state lottery cards. But it's just gonna be <laughs> screenshots from this call, and I'm gonna print them up yeah. on computer paper, and you can buy them for uh, what's a reasonable price like seventy nine ninety nine. So we're gonna give you a better rebate than Eric July. We've been <laughs> looking for a nemesis for a while, right? So maybe maybe we gotta pin ourselves against this Eric July, go card against card. What a card, that Eric July. Hey, oh, you a... like to read, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Well, did you know, for this show tonight, we're going to be doing yeah. something. It's going to be the first of maybe maybe a little series within a series. We're going we're gonna to take from the uh, now dead Slothcast podcast, which many people got confused about the name. Is the name of the show Slothcast or is it Drunk on Movies? Because every episode of Slothcast seemed to be drunk on movies, except for like one that you did. You popped up no, on one that was that was drunk on movies because I was, I thought I was going blind because no I, no because no, I no. Dr- not your like oh, hey okay. it's Hans episode more right. like where you were kind of just on the panel you know you did one with a guy from New York who's an actor I believe right you don't did, remember did this. <laughs> How do you? How do I know? I did not get invited to this show. You did. Uh, sure. I don't. I and I also never get invited to anything, so I should remember. But I only remember the face-off one. I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I did. If you say so. Uh, no, there was an episode where it, what there was no theme to the show, and it was you, Anthony, and this other guy who's also from New York, and it was kind of recent. It was like it was uh, one of the last episodes of Slothcast. I want to say. Nah, okay. nothing gone. All right, well, 
completely just, just like that that program yeah. gone with the wind. Yeah, I don't I don't do drugs or drink anymore, but I think the damage has been done. <laughs> so I yeah, there's things like that where I'm just like, ah, sure. If it happened, cool. You but, know what I uh, noticed? Hey, that just reminded me. So I uh definitely relapsed as far as um smoking cigarettes as of uh this trip to Massachusetts. But I'll tell you what, as soon so I, I stopped smoking cigarettes for like a good month and a half or two months. And something that I suffered with before was I would frequently get really fog-brained and forget common shit. Like, is the station I get off at when I'm going back to New York Penn Station? Or is it the other station? And it's never been the other station. It's always been Penn Station. But I would find myself having moments like that. And then I started smoking, and that all just disappeared. And then I stopped smoking, and it came back. And it's... You know, they they were telling they're talking about how it's actually a, a net be- the one net benefit to smoking cigarettes is that the nicotine makes you a little sharper in your Damn. recollection. Now you get like rotted lungs, you're gonna die <laughs> a miserable, painful death, and have a hole in your throat. But you get rid of that fog brain. That's that's a big benefit. So I don't know. I, think I'd I might rather, think, I might have to get back I'd, on it. I'd rather be stupid than go through what I went through. <laughs> making the, the movie and <laughs> no, just, just dry gotta, heaving and you gotta sweating be broken for in. an hour. What yeah. you probably need is like an American spirit cigarette, which is what uh, everybody mm-hmm. who hates smoking smokes. Yeah, no filter, just rough. Just, yeah, that would be better. That's what we should make the tagline of this show. No filter, period. Rough. Yeah. Did, I, did I tell you? <laughs> did I tell you about the first time I ever smoked? And I bought, uh, so I was 18. My friends were smoking because that's cool, right? So I was 18. This was, we're talking about 1980 something, right? Uh, get it? Because I'm 1992, old. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I was 18. I was like, well, I have my ID now. So the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to go buy myself a beer and a pack of cigarettes because that's what 18 year olds do. And I bought myself a packet of cools at the supermarket, I remember. Because oh, nice. I thought, well, it's got menthol in it. So it's not going to be as rough. Uh, and I went to to meet my friends at, at one of my friends' house, and we just sat outside of their house. And I lit up my first cigarette, and I took a couple of puffs, and I dry heaved and sweat, and, and it was, was the same dizzy for like Roman, yeah, right? yeah for like an hour. And I was like, why? Like I don't what the fuck. And that was like the last time that I ever smoked uh, until we we Mass made that movie and, But you yeah. can smoke weed like there's nothing. There's no problem yeah. there. Yeah. That's I don't I don't know it's nicotine I guess that hmm. just really really fucks me up. No, it ain't the nicotine. Uh, I, it's probably the embalming fluid and the chemicals and whatever else they shove in those fucking things. I I honestly don't know how I would react to weed now because it's been like it's been months since I've had even a puff. So I ugh, I'm I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I would trust that either. Uh, but before I stopped smoking, yeah, I could just smoke all day and I wouldn't have any any type of reaction other than uh depression and <laughs> and uh <laughs> feeling completely hopeless and, and uncreative uh so uh yeah maybe we should Better do a spinoff where we we call it smoke on movies yeah and we just pair a pack of smokes with a movie yeah and we can so just... just gonna be you talking to yourself and me dry <laughs> heaving into my toilet it'll in the be, background. <laughs> it'll be one of those. What what this will turn into is one of those channels where it's just like a gay man in a leather jacket smoking once a day. And you see his deterioration from the start of the channel to his death. 
Have you ever yeah. heard? Have, did you ever see that channel? That guy? It's from like ten years ago. He's dead. He's been dead for about twenty, fifteen years, something like that. R.I.P. So what a guy, guy that would he would smoke on on. He would upload like these Windows Movie Maker style videos. It's just him in a dark, dirty apartment or house sitting in front of probably like a compact computer smoking a cigarette and blowing smoke. And he finishes his cigarette and that's the end of the video. doesn't say anything. And he would just upload like one of these every couple of, every couple of days. And um, then he stops for a period and returns and he's got like a shaved head and no eyebrows and he looks a hole in his throat just yeah. smoking through a hole yeah no teeth yep yeah he fell apart he aged like 45 years in the span of six years really horror <laughs> horror movie hey we're covering yeah, a horror don't... movie tonight the black phone from scott derrickson who did did he block you or did he block one of us who did he block he blocked he blocked my old account before i got banned from calling nancy pelosi a cunt or something oh okay. uh, <laughs> something like that uh so he's um, all right so that's why you didn't like this movie is because he's your no nemesis. <laughs> no i didn't like this movie because it was bad did you like it <laughs> uh well we'll get into it I, I would like to start with the short story tonight because what you know i like i was saying before and i kind of oh went yeah off track cut here. off yeah, yeah, uh, yeah we're yeah. gonna be doing a series within a series which is every so often we might be doing a film that has a literary companion, literary roots, uh, you know, an origin that is uh, the written word. And this is the first installment of that because this is based on a short story uh, from a collection of short stories called, I think, 20th Century Ghosts. And I'm going to, I should have double checked that before hopping on here tonight from Joe Hill. Do you know anything about Joe Hill or his work? Well, he's uh, Stephen King's kid, right? That's kid. right. <laughs> His kid. He looks like a kid with that <laughs> stupid ass bowl cut. Joe Hill has to go to the barber shop. Um, yeah, uh, it's his his most prolific son, probably. Does he have more kids? Mm-hmm. Oh wow, he, he, he really uh, looks like him. He does. He looks Holy like shit. Stephen King from the seventies, specifically. He looks like Chinese Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chinese. that's uh, accurate. <laughs> he he has another son named Owen King who he co-wrote a book, Sleeping Beauties, with uh, not long ago. Owen King is a very different kind of writer than Stephen King. If you ever read Joe Hill's work, his uh, novels tend to have the same kind of vibe and Mm -hmm. uh, rhythmic scheme as a lot of Stephen King's books. And I believe he also co-wrote something with Stephen as well. Maybe I have that wrong. I don't think it was a, a novel, though. I think it was a novella. Well, it says here that he wrote the novella for In the Tall Grass, that ah, Netflix okay, movie. Yeah. I just watched uh, that also... recently, and it's not good. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he wrote Horns, mm-hmm. or is based on the novel that he wrote. Uh, he did that Nosferatu Nosferatu, which yeah, uh, that... starred Zachary which is Quinto. Was... Right. Horrendous. I watched the pilot and I was like, oh, well, that's, I was excited about this. And then I watched the pilot and I was like, this, that's all I need. Uh, and then the Lock and Key series, uh, he wrote the, the did graphic they ever, novel. Did they ever adapt his first novel? I think it was called, um, uh, it was like a little little black box or something like that, or a heart-shaped box. No, he's got uh, Abraham Boys, which is a short story, and then a short story called Pop Art. 
that was made into a short and uh something called tales from the dark side oh he's involved with the reboot of tales from the dark side no he it's a tv movie from 2015 okay an anthology uh, pilot that didn't make it to a series okay it was a pilot it wasn't even tales a from the dark side was a tv show like tales from the crypt or um twilight zone mm -hmm. or outer limits and there were i believe two movies that they did back in the okay. 80s and 90s uh, apparently he also wrote a couple of or a couple of episodes of the new creep show show were based on a couple of his short stories okay all right so he, you watch you know, it no, I, I watched the first episode of the Creepshow reboot that went to Shudder, and it took me 20 minutes to realize it was not for me, and mm. I am not a fan of the new Creepshow. Oh, that reminds me. I was just thinking, it had a similar vibe to something else I've seen, which is Rob Zombie's The Munsters trailer. Uh, in terms of, like, not that they're similar, because they're not. There's certainly more quality of that Creepshow show. But it attracts a, the same kind of audience, which has a very poor eye for quality. Now, I am part of a couple of Facebook groups that I don't even—I I think I joined them years ago, and they just pop up because I don't really use my Facebook profile. I use a Facebook page, which is how a lot of you people listening uh, discovered the show. And um, I'm in like a Joe Bob group, and someone posted the, the Rob Zombie trailer for the monsters that went out to Instagram. And there's been so much discussion in our group, facebook.com slash gang, if you want to join in on that, uh, about this trailer because it is confusing. It's, it's one of the most baffling things I've ever seen a major studio release because you watch this thing, and this would be perfect timing to pull this up if you had your computer up and running. But it's yeah. all right because I've enjoyed not getting copyright notices from YouTube for every episode. So... Yeah. This thing, if you haven't watched it yet, I would recommend you just hit pause on this real quick. Go pull that up on YouTube, listen to it, and then we're going to talk about it just for about five minutes, and then we'll get to the topic of tonight, which is going to be the black phone, the short story, yeah. and the movie. This is... Uh, so the first thing that caught me off guard with this trailer is that there is no real flow to it that resembles a trailer to a movie. Did you... Did you notice that? You know what it resembles? Uh, and I have to bring it back to Fox Kids because mm. it reminds me of whenever they would uh, advertise their shows in commercials. So it would be like a very quick uh, whatever the episode is about and just tell a little bit of what happens in the episode and then the title of the thing and that's it. Like a 30-second thing that, that doesn't really go well together. That's that's And maybe because of the quality of it too, it reminds me a lot of of those productions, but... It, it just doesn't feel like a movie mm -hmm. at all. Not at all. Uh, it doesn't tell you anything about that. And I mean, I hate trailers that tell you the whole movie, right? Uh, so if you don't want to spoil anything, I get it. But it it just felt very disconnected. Like everything they, they showed didn't feel like he went with the next thing that they showed. And then it seems like he's trying to do too much with showing Herman... Uh, in like different outfits are iconic from the series. So you have him like a, a pirate. It's one of them that I, I'm remembering right now. And it's like, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't really tell you what he's doing with this movie. Is it the big, when they, I guess it's the story about how they met and how I guess they met 
they they made Eddie, <laughs> but it just yeah, it doesn't feel like a like a movie trailer, especially for something with that budget. If the if if what's reported is true, you well, know? you said it was what thirty million, forty million dollars, thirty to forty, yeah. Okay, yes, which is rough. Two things that, that caught me like off. That. Two things that caught me off guard with this trailer is number one, if you listen to it with headphones, but even if you don't listen to it with headphones, there are audio artifacts that feel like this was a fan film made for YouTube. Like it feels not professional in any regard. There's a narrator. Who's like, um, they do kind of a cheesy, but it's deliberately cheesy thing where it's like from the man who brought you Halloween and 31 and House of a Thousand Corpses. Right. But if you listen to the narrator talking, and I don't know if you caught this with the, the audiobook to the black phone, because that was not a professionally done recording for the black phone. It was some, I didn't realize yeah. that there's a little bit of puh, puh, getting too close to the microphone. Or tapping the microphone. Also, she she messed she messed up a couple of times, but she goes, uh, "Oh!" And then she like, <laughs> she catches what she's doing. I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." I was listening to it in my morning walk today when I take the dogs out, and I was like, "Oh, that was a mistake, bitch! You need edited." Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, there are there are bumps of the microphone to the narrator mm. talking, like he accidentally hit the desk or something. Um, probably something you you'd hear on this program if you were listening. Yeah in tune um, to me yes yeah. <laughs> uh, hans just gripping his microphone maybe that's what was happening he was just getting you know a tighter grip on the mic um i noticed that and then the the first line of dialogue which is like a wolfman has something it sounds like a filter that was added in final cut pro where it like boxes off the reverb and it makes it sound very it's hard to describe it it's not, it, it, almost like a little bit underwater or something you mm. know uh, where it's like, all right, that audio is blown out. They didn't dub it. And there's a couple of segments in the trailer like that, particularly with Grandpa Monster when he's at the back of the ta uh, table that feel like this is the audio we got that day. We haven't yeah. done ADR yet. Um, let's just throw that in there. And that is very concerning. It, the whole thing felt like it was like one of Rob Zombie's 20-year-old friends like one of his one of his friend's kids is looking for a job yeah. as a trailer editor. He's like, "Yeah, fuck it, just hand, give him this." It's I like when they release. It. Was it a was it a Mission Impossible? I think it was. They released a trailer without the audio. Finished. The Mummy. It was the Mummy. Oh, the Mummy. Yeah, and and uh, it's just kind of like that. We're just like, wait, this is the someone approved this, and you put it out, and this this is how you're promoting your forty million dollar movie. It's very odd, and. Uh, I guess that's why uh, some people have not reacted negatively. Well, there's also people that just would swallow any type of content as long as it's like a like a recognizable IP. So well, that, I've that, seen a lot of that too. Where this started, because I saw in the Joe Bob group, there were a lot of people excited about this trailer who couldn't see that there was something wrong with it. Just not even. Yeah. Let's leave the the quality, the performances, the story, whatever aside. Just technically speaking. This is so underdeveloped that it feels like someone sent out the wrong version to Instagram and mm -hmm. YouTube. Like this, this feels like a draft, not a final trailer that is supposed to be public. The, what I compared it to to um, Mike Sylvia from our Facebook group, uh, who's got some of the, the most uh, <laughs> polarizing opinions. I find myself aligning with many of his opinions, but that's also because 
probably because we're, we're both red bar people and yeah. uh, have similar brains or, or pattern of thought in that regard. Um, he, he, you know, he, he made a big point of, you know, what was wrong with this trailer, what was confusing and just finding himself in a trance where he was rewatching it over and over. Uh, and sounds what it horrible. reminded me of. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like sounds, a nightmare. <laughs> sounds like a goosebumps episode or something where yeah. the people in the town are just hypnotized. Um, can't I, stop you you cite the mummy trailer that was a clear mistake that they tried to recall what i was thinking of was there was a dragged across con uh, a dragged across concrete trailer that leaked in late 2018 that felt like it was nothing but um work print material so the quality wasn't quite there they hadn't color graded it and it was specifically intended to sell to Eastern European markets. So if you're trying to capture the attention of someone like that, maybe you're going to edit in a different way, or maybe you're not going to care as much as when you're trying to sell it to um, audiences who are going to go to the theater and see a Mel Gibson cop movie, you know? Right. So it looked very amateur. And I remember seeing that and being like, wow, this is going to be a big dud. And that, was probably the the top movie of that year or one of the top movies i think joker might have edged it out for me but um yeah was that a cine state movie yeah it's probably their best right uh you could probably make an argument for any of those movies but for for my personal liking i think that was their most well-rounded a lot of people like bone tomahawk i think bone tomahawk is probably the one that is easiest to swallow if you're going in blind, uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99, didn't you hate that movie? You were not a fan yeah, of that movie. I think you hated every aspect of that film. Because Hans is very uh, pro-choice. He did not like yeah. doing an abortionist villain. Or uh, like, Why Udo would you Kier? punch a car? Why punch mm. a car? That's mean. No, I just I thought it was very I thought it was very goofy, even though it was supposed to take it seriously. Mm. Uh, so I, I, yeah, not a fan. Uh, the other movie, The Standoff at Sparrow Creek, which maybe we'll get around to covering on the show, I thought was terrific when that was released. Yeah. That was from Henry Dunham, I believe is the, the director's name. Anyway, this monster's trailer, concerning if you're a Rob Zombie fan, certainly concerning if you're a, a Monsters fan, the fact that Rob Zombie can't see anything wrong with it and his actors can't see anything wrong. Because if you check the comments... All the actors of the movie are like, now that's a trailer. Ugh. What? <laughs> what? Are, are we watching the well, same are, thing? Aren't the actors just like his family? <laughs> so I guess yeah, they have okay, to. Okay. <laughs> uh, and the thing that confuses me too is that he's supposed to be a lifelong fan of the monsters, right? Mm -hmm. That's why he wanted to do it because he wanted to be the one to revive that. And then he casts his wife because he always does, who seems just so odd playing that character. Like, I just, it just doesn't work, especially if you compare it to what's her name, Yvonne DiCarlo, right? From, from those uh, years. And then he gets a Herman that just doesn't look right mm -hmm. <laughs> for whatever reason, just looks like plastic. It looks, yeah, not 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 like the Frankenstein monster. Oh, uh, did we talk about um, the? No, it wasn't Chris O'Donnell. Uh, what's the guy that was like Chris O'Donnell but not Chris O'Donnell? Where he he played Herman in a series that they tried to do something Lane. This the address 
they put out a pilot, I think it was, or a couple of episodes. And Jerry O'Connell played, uh, he played Herman, but his makeup was just like stitches on his neck. He has the same hair and everything, so they didn't even bother changing anything. Uh, um, Gay guy from the from the birdcage plays Grandpa. What's his name? Little Fabric Man. Nathan Lane. Bird- yeah, he plays Grandpa, which is, again, like... I, I, I'm not familiar with this at all, so I'm just going to look this up real quick. It's called a, uh, Cloverfield Lane or something like that. <laughs> whatever, the address for, whatever the address for the house is, that's what the show was called. Uh, and uh, it just it, it seemed very low effort. It seemed like, well, we're just going to use the monster's name, but it, it's not even going to look like the monster's. Uh, the Herman just seems wrong. It, I didn't mind uh, Grandpa so much. Uh, because he, I mean, looks all right with a with a mustache and uh, with they decide to make him look like. But like we said on on the on that episode that we talked about, um, it just doesn't work in color, and especially when it's so saturated and so so like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you're uh, just listening, like uh, if you just hold a, a color light next to your face and a different color light on the other side that's what this is and it just it doesn't work at all so it just looks cheap uh and and i'm By very way, confused you're dead to... wrong yeah. here that was not nathan lane that was eddie izzard oh well so i got a gay i got the wrong gay chubby <laughs> man <laughs> uh but uh it just it doesn't look great and i'm I'm surprised that someone that you know has been pitching this idea for so long because he's such a huge fan this is what you came up with is it that like he's completely out of ideas is he like completely lost his creativity because his early movies don't look like this you know house of a thousand corpses even though maybe the story is not the most complicated amazing story but at least it looked good and some of the lighting and some of the 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 shots there look different but they look good this just looks like it was recorded on, I don't even know what type of camera it looks like. It's just, it, it doesn't look like a movie. It doesn't. Uh, so- and a lot of people have been speculating that he was originally contracted to do a Peacock series with the monsters, and then they decided to turn it into a film, which I don't think that makes sense. I, I, I don't subscribe to that thought. Maybe it's a Peacock original, because it is universal. A lot of their films... Yeah. Like Halloween Kills and Firestarter have wound up going direct to Peacock. It could be something like that. But I'm skeptical. I think it's just a, a, a tremendous fuck up on their part. I think that's all it's going to come down to. Uh, and and what is um, the reason why we have this trailer and why it's in the condition it's in? Because even if it was, listen, even if it was originally for a series, you can hire. You can put the budget towards getting Trailer Park or whoever made Suicide Squad look amazing, yeah, and get get them on monsters and sell that movie. People would would buy up tickets if there was something good about it. Now this is this is these are the good parts they're trying to sell us on of this movie. So I can't imagine what that film is going to look like. We're going to have to watch it too. We're gonna have to watch it. That's right. Yes, that's the, the attitude here. To... <laughs> um, it's gonna be miserable, but you know and what? That, yeah. And the thing that I don't understand too is that the reaction. I guess it. it we have such a like con- consumer mentality in movies now, where they just sell you the name, 
And I've seen this comment a lot where, where it's like, yeah, I'm going to watch it and love it because I'm just, I just want to watch monsters content. And it's like, how can you be a fan of something and then just be satisfied with any little bone that they throw at you because it's painted the color that you recognize? Like, I, I don't understand that mentality at all. If you're a fan of something, you should expect quality, not just, you know, what Star Wars is doing, mm -hmm. where it's just, you know, barely any quality is, but it's like, hey, this is Star Wars, right? You love Darth Vader. Isn't, isn't this cool? Uh, and, Hans, don't you know uh, yeah. how to turn your brain off and just enjoy it? Can't you just yeah, turn just... your brain off for three hours and pay nineteen eighty four <laughs> for a ticket and enjoy hey, it? Can't you turn your brain off for 12 one-hour episodes and, and just, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't. And, and that was an issue that I had with this movie that we're going to talk about, too, where a lot of it is just like, well, don't think about it because it doesn't make any sense. And I, I can't. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's sounds an like, issue. Sounds like the director content. turned his brain off, if you, if, if you ask me. Am I right? Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, well, hold on. What were, they, what were they saying? Okay. Turn your brain off for on Twitter recently. It wasn't Monster, Thor. right? It was Thor. Thor. Okay. Thor, yeah. people are not happy with this Thor movie. They think Thor sucks. There's like a little black kid's face who's floating in the background. I've seen that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I re the, the, fan, the fan art for the Avengers Cosmic War. God, I really wish I, I could pull, pull stuff up here for the video audience. Sorry, we're <laughs> slacking until Hans gets his computer fixed. Um, someone did fan art of it. That is not ironic fan art. That, that is someone's actual fan art that they replied to a Marvel tweet with. Go over to my Twitter. We're going to be doing a lot of plugging, I guess, so you guys can see stuff. Yeah. Uh, Twitter.com slash LowResWB. It's one of the earliest tweets. If you're listening to this on Patreon.com slash LowRes and in the $5 tier, because otherwise, you know, you're probably listening to this a month too late. You're like, Black Phone, didn't that come out like four months ago why are you talking about this that's why you gotta sign up for the five dollar tier on patreon.com slash look i don't know what to tell you we record so many of these episodes um yeah oh my god what <laughs> <laughs> yeah should i just show my phone yeah show your phone that's a great idea there, there we go all right so bet maybe i should do it up i have a 1080p webcam yeah. how about yeah, i it might be that? instead yeah, of you my... who's at like 360p it's um, like a mine looks like one of those Japanese horror movies from like 1990 from 1941. Something. That's right. It's Ozu-esque. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I actually yeah, I'm guilty of watching a Marvel movie recently. Wait, is that Black Wolverine? <laughs> yes, what you just fuck? noticed Black Wolverine. <laughs> There's a yeah. floating Salma Hayek there and Jesus Christ. Here we go. There you go. Just flip yeah. that, I guess. And we have no, that in the Reflection That's... Razor Fist Company, Arcaven <laughs> Comics. Um, so, yeah, so there was a floating face in Thor 4. And you have in there She Hulk and Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel and everybody. Gangs all here. So, I was at the Red Box recently and I may have seen. Spider-Man, No Way Home, nice. for the steal of five ninety nine. And I thought five ninety nine. My God! Now look, there's no cover art. This is real, real big uh, 
thing you got to take into consideration here because I enjoy cover art. I'm going to have to make cover art for it. But then I, I, you know, I ran a search real quick. I looked on Amazon. I looked on eBay. Cheapest price, $12.99. I thought, my God, I got to snatch this up. This could be See, a, a movie night, you know? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I bought it. I did get it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm the proud owner of a Marvel Studios film. Nice. Did you like the movie? I actually, look, I watched it again. I kind of liked it more. So I, okay. I don't know. I, I turned my brain off and enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. But I like Willem Dafoe. I like hey. that flabby actor. What's hey, his Tom name? Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Maguire hasn't aged 20 years. Tobey Maguire's acting is certainly uh, taking a decline. That, that shows more when you're not watching like a piece of shit copy of the movie. Um, and then I watched like three hours of special features that played immediately after. And I was like, oh, all right, well. And they all talk up wow. the director like, John Watts is a real auteur. You know, he lets us riff. He lets us improvise. Yeah. It's like, shut up. You took... You were in this for the paycheck. You don't. You don't even think he's a real director. Come on, stop it. Yeah, you. You know what I want to hear? Uh, that little boy and Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire just improvising for three hours. That sounds like a hoot. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Three actors that are not funny at all. <laughs> improvising sounds like the Ghostbusters female Ghostbusters movie, right? They do that shit. I don't think Tobey Maguire did any improvisation. He's probably like, all right, hurry up, come on, fucking, let's get through this scene already. <laughs> Andrew Garfield's all smiles because he's the failed Spider-Man. He gets to redeem himself. Tom Holland is still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Tobey Maguire's over it. He's got a poker game to go rig. So, uh, you know who got kicked out of Marvel Studios? Is the director we're talking about tonight, Scott Derrickson. Because what did he do? He did Doctor Strange, and then you saw Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, which was directed by Sam Sam Raimi. Uh, Did you ever see his Doctor Strange movie? Yeah, it was fine. It was the first, first Doctor Strange. It, it uh, visually it was good. I don't remember the story, honestly. I don't remember. Like it didn't really leave any lasting impression, other than oh, it looks cool in the theater. But that's it. Uh, I think his best movie is still that that oh, fucking horror. What is it called? Sinister. That yeah, the first one. Uh, I don't. Not really. Let me see his career. Uh, I threw that on. He, so I, I've yeah. watched The Black Phone twice now, and I threw on Sinister after checking it out the first time because I thought, all right, uh, I, I'm not quite sure how I feel about this movie. I think there's more to it that I like than what I dislike. And I thought, all right, well, let me get a little more acquainted with his work because I don't know anything about Scott Derrickson aside from the fact that he blocked oh. you and he looks yeah. like... Uh, a slightly older looking, trying to look younger, James Gunn. Like if James yeah. Gunn did not decide, hey, I'm just going to bleach my my hair and turn it gray so I look obviously older. Um, and that'll be like a weird reverse psychology, like I'm a young guy trying to look old. So then you think I'm younger than I am, but I'm actually age appropriate for this hair. Uh, he kind of looks like that. Like he, he uh, dyes his mustache hairs or something in his beard. He did uh, the Exorcism of Emily Rose, which I really like. Oh, okay, uh, that's where and then that's he where it did, started. And then he did the that remake of The Day That the Earth Stood Still with oh, Keanu, no. that was very dull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, it's sinister. So, ow. Um, yeah, just very mid. Oh, Deliver Us from Evil, which is a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that. No, really good on that. It's uh, Eric Bana and and. Uh, 
Edgar Ramirez is one of those Latin actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's about a cop that um, is uh, investigating these murders, and then the murderer is a demon, and then there's an exorcism and something like that. That sounds <laughs> it's, vaguely it's, familiar to me, but I know I didn't watch it. Maybe there was yeah, another it's, movie it's, where the killer was a demon. It's really dumb. It's really dumb. That movie it has like one cool scene. Uh, but then the rest is just like, again, just turn your brain off, just like this one. Turn just, your brain uh, off. All right. I don't listen. I'm going to come to the defense of the black phone because I enjoyed it more on a second oh. viewing. How about that? So we're going to have class- this since, what was it, Year of the Dragon? We haven't yep. had like real defined classic because you gave us one star, I think, on Letterboxd. You really yep. did not like I it. But it. Let's, let's pause for a second because we didn't even talk about the the story short story from joe hill in this collection um which is a very different toned short story although everything that's in it for the most part aside from my character descriptions which they changed out uh is in this movie and it's word for word now correct me if i'm uh, wrong did joe hill write the script to this or was that um somebody else maybe you know massa massa worm what's his name uh, Massa, is that what you call me on this podcast now? <laughs> no, uh, Robert Cargill. I just oh, yes. I know him because he he was on a back before I I think even before YouTube, like you could make money on YouTube. He was part of this review website called uh, what was it called Split.com or something like that, where it would be. Uh, they would animate themselves. It was like four or five guys and they would animate themselves reacting to a movie. So it was like a movie review and he was one of them. Uh, and the character's name, I think it was Massa Worm or something like that. He also wrote for Ain't It Cool News. Uh, so that's how I, oh. I kind of knew him. And okay. he, and I think he's his like writing partner because he's written this. He wrote Ducks of Strange with him. Sinister 2 which is not as good. As he didn't Sinister direct and, that. And Derrickson no. did not direct that movie. Did he produce it? Uh, they got all the, the same where... cast back. They got James Ransone and Ethan Hawke. No, they that. didn't get. They didn't get Ethan Hawke on that one. It was James Ransone. If he lied to me, I have them both downloaded, and it said Ethan Hawke, James Ransone. No cameo, mm-hmm. nothing. Not even like a flashback where they reuse footage I, from the first movie. I honestly don't remember. I just know that they focused on. Uh, the James Ransone character, who's just a cop on the first one, uh, he shows up in this too. Not enough. I really mm-hmm. like him as an actor, and and uh, he's seen it for like I don't know three minutes. He like pops up at, at, in the middle of it, and then he just gets spoiler alert. <laughs> gets an axe to his head um, in a very predictable reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going back to the story, I think. Uh, I liked it more because it was more to the point. Um, one of the issues that I had with with the movie was that they made so so at first the first twenty minutes of it I really like, which is the setup, which is the you know eighties high school thing. Uh, you get to know the kids. It's actually seventies. Oh, they do have eighties hair metal rocker types, yeah. which did not exist at that point. Not really, uh, and it's supposed to be mid to late seventies, right? So okay, continue. So uh, that set that setup um, before he gets kidnapped, I I was really enjoying that. Um, they don't do any of that on the on the short story because the short story starts when he gets kidnapped immediately. Uh, it's, there's just like a little bit of description I think of the of the villain who's a fat kind of 
uh, simple-minded person to not mm-hmm. to not uh, say so, a, a different word. Right. In um, the short in the short story, he's described as like a rotund man wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, which fat man. feels right for uh, pedophile in the seventies, mm-hmm. especially. So he's, now, um, yeah, there's a, the other difference too, uh, which is something that I also had a problem with in the movies that he has these two parents in this one, and they're not dicks. In the movie, that felt very. It's just like mommy's dead because she killed herself, and dad is an asshole. It's like it's an extra layer of completely a, didn't do anything to mm-hmm. add to the story. Here, uh, he's like, call my mom, call my dad. So that's uh, that. Uh, that's a, a di- another difference. There, there's no psychic connection with the dead mom that the movie has, which was also such a cop out that I hate it. Um, and then it's just uh, the, the resolution is very. To the point, he fills up the the um, phone receiver with sand so that it's heavier, and then he's able to beat him up with it because he's a fat man that can't really fight. He's just right. like a big lunk. In the movie, this child that was getting bullied by kids smaller than him goes to fight against... Uh, he's not in shape, but he's like thick, Ethan Hawke who's able-bodied and looks strong. He's like shirtless in a couple of scenes where he's just sitting there waiting for him. He looks like a big, sturdy man. And this boy beats the fuck out of him in that last scene, which I was just like, are you fucking... So in this, in, in the in the short story, he doesn't do the uh, refrigerator or the freezer bit, which was very convenient because, hey, I got the meat for the dog. You know, everything falls into place. Uh, he doesn't dig a hole. He doesn't. He doesn't set up the Home Alone traps that the movie does, so that he's able to beat the fuck out of this guy, who could still take him. By the way, when he's you know his half of his body um, stuck on on that on that hole that he d- dug. Um, here was very straightforward. Uh, you know the the fat man uh, fucked up and and he gets killed, and then the story ends. Uh, I, I thought. It, it was missing a lot of unnecessary elements that were added to the movie, I guess, to make it longer. But I don't think they added anything of value uh, hmm. other than just making it longer. Because correct me if they're trying. Yeah, I, I don't mean to interrupt you here. Hmm. Is the only supernatural element in the short story the uh, abducted Asian boy who he played a baseball game with? Yep. phoning him. That's the, only, so there's, that's the only one. Right. There's nothing else. And in this this movie, there's like 70, 70% of the movie is supernatural. Yeah. And it's, it's completely different tone. The the short story feels a lot like... Um, did you ever have to read the Joyce Carol Oates short story, uh, Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been? No. Which is about like a girl being preyed upon by a, a much older guy. And I think it implies she gets abducted mm. and killed. Um it kind of reminded me of that where it feels like it's very seedy late seventies. You can mm-hmm. very well envision that type of guy doing that. And then like a, a equally doughy shorter brother who discovers the boy in the basement. And you're not really sure why or how that comes about. Uh, and he seems like he's m- maybe mentally slow. Cause he says, Oh, you want to know how I discovered you? Uh, and the voice remember. that she does too is funny, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked all of that, and I liked the fact that him getting the call on the phone from the other abducted and murdered boy, 
could have very well just be um, the malnourishment okay. and dehydration, and it could just yep. entirely be a figment of his imagination. With the movie, they decide to fully embrace all the supernatural aspects, and he's able to learn things that, um, you know, it's not like The Shining where even that's kind of a stretch. I think that's definitively supernatural because there's so much that happens that you cannot yeah. uh, refute as part of Jack's imagination. But in this, it, it, it you know, he, there's clear connections that are drawn that he would not be able to make without the assistance of these boys who are phoning him. And then you have the sister character who's maybe the, the biggest uh, weight on this movie where she's like a Danny Torrance type. She's, um, you know, got a bit of a, a vision to her, which gets her father, uh, like, at risk of getting in trouble because they think maybe he he could be a bad guy. He is a bad guy in a different way, but he's like a typical 70s alcoholic dad. It's like, you're going to yeah. get the belt if you're acting weird. Stop being so yeah. weird. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Um, the short story, I thought it was well-written. Uh, Joe Hill carries a lot of his father's style, and that can be both um, – the word I'm, I'm looking for isn't necessarily comforting because it's not comforting in, in the sense maybe that you'd immediately associate. But it's easy to get into mm-hmm. the, the general feel of that, the texture of that. But it can also be off-putting if you're a Stephen King fan because right. his level of writing – he's not a bad writer at all, first of all. Uh, but his level of writing is not – quite there and he's not going to take those sorts of turns that his father takes or has the insight to take so you're going to get something that's not had, there well yeah had the yes. insight to take. yeah yeah uh, right right <laughs> yeah yeah it's he's not as descriptive of everything like stephen king is he, yeah he, stephen king he's, will he's, spend uh 200 pages <laughs> detailing a side character that will only show up in those 200 pages and works at the grocery store and has nothing to do with the central plot yeah. So uh, another uh, couple of things that I really liked about the story was that uh, at one point, uh, well, the story describes the man as uh, cocking the uh, axe back like a baseball bat, which took you back to the baseball at the beginning, right? The thing I thought that was a that was a nice uh, callback then, and also uh, the room in this story is like pitch black at night. It's like mm-hmm. dirty and small and. It sounds m- more threatening and, and more traumatic that way you get in the movie, which is just a giant room that's gray and there's a mattress and there's light at all times of day. And it doesn't really feel like a like a I mean, it, it looks like a dirt, just like a dirty room. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing really threatening or scary about it other than it's dirty. Uh, there's a big window that is very bright at all times. So. That was another element that, okay, if you're going to make 90% of or 80% of your movie happening in this room, you should do something with that and add it as an extra character instead of just, well, this is the setting and you know what? It's it's dirty and there's a door and uh, there's multiple rooms in it. And um, if you break this wall, you're going to get to a freezer and like uh, just a lot of conveniences for the ending, I think, that didn't really add that much. I don't think they... It's very confusing as to what they want you to think about this child, because for the first 20, 25 minutes, the set the setup before he gets kidnapped, he gets bullied, he gets beaten up. Uh, he's like a little weak boy that doesn't want any confrontation. Like uh, there's this Mexican kid that defends him against other boys and like 
uh, he sees him beating another boy up and he runs away because he's like, oh, that's not right or whatever. So we're made to believe that he's just this little soft boy, right? And then he keeps getting calls from these dead children, which I think is like five different ones or four different ones. And then all of a sudden he can beat up a grown man that's three times his size. Uh, so, so those two things, I just, I didn't understand what they were trying to do. So he just became like a killing machine within a, three days. And, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's like, yeah, come fucking get it like that. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I just, again, turn off your brain, I guess. And just, Oh, Oh, look the, the kid. Oh, by the way, Scott Derrickson loves cursing kids and kids fighting. Did you notice? Oh that? yeah. Because- you know what? I actually <laughs> quite liked the child fight because it ends in a way that uh, most kid fights would not, which is yeah. a little girl getting kicked in the face and her teeth yeah, yeah, all yeah, bloody. Yeah. I was like, Oh shit. Cause you know, he sets you up with um, this foul mouth little girl. Because that's so popular now. It's been popular since Chloe Grace Moretz was hit girl and kick ass. Yeah. That's like, oh, this, it's subversive. Um, the sister, and, right? Yes, the sister, Gwen. This, and she, she comes and kind of half saves the day by, I think she punches one kid in the face. and Or no, no she hits a kid a with rock. a rock. Yeah. And then you just see blood. And she's like, oh, it's going to go like the movie George Washington. He's going to die now. And then, no, and then, not how it goes. And then they just go to class and the kid is like, his yeah, blood yeah, is just yeah. pouring on his face. Like, is he dead? And also his face just looks like, yeah, this kid is either retarded now or dying. And then <laughs> yep. they just go to school. And then they just go to school like nothing happened. It was 1978. Uh, That's probably <laughs> realistic. They wouldn't have been like, ah, we're going to get him to the emergency room. They would have been like, yeah, just give him a frozen nice. bag of peas. It's, it'll be all right. Um, I mean, I did. I did get uh, uh, a, a small bottle of rubbing alcohol when I busted my head open when I was six years old in Mexico. So I guess I get it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, 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 the tone, I, I don't know. I just couldn't. I, I couldn't figure out if he was like a little defenseless child that we're supposed to be rooting for. And then all of a sudden he's like a, a punching machine. That scene is hilarious, by the way, when he's getting trained by the dead Mexican kid. And oh, he's yeah. like, oh, you go step, step and then back and punch. And, and then he's doing it. And then the dead kid is just like, what is what the fuck am I watching this Rocky montage of him that this this combination is going to kill fucking Ethan Hawke. And it didn't really make times. a difference at the no. end of the day anyway, because no. that whole plan got thwarted because of the James Ransone character discovering him now getting an axe to his head. Right. So uh, let, let's rewind it a little bit. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to the finale once again. Um, what did you think of the casting of Ethan Hawke in this movie as that predator character, the grabber, as they call him? Because I, I remember I saw the trailers to this movie in the theater, and I felt like, nope, not for me. Mm-hmm. Nah, almost, almost. You got a lot of good components there. I didn't like the mask or him doing, uh, you know, the Al Jolson hands with it yeah. on. and <laughs> I didn't like any of that. Um, and, I still and then he changes really. it. Yeah. You know, depending on his emotional state, he it's changes the mask. Very dramatic. They decided to take... So, the again, I can't stress this enough. The short story feels like, oh, this is a real child abduction. And then the yep. movie's like, no, this is a very flamboyant uh, ghost story. And he's a crazy killer. And he's got all these masks. He's so over the top. <laughs> 
Yeah, I I like him. I think he did what he could with with what he was given, but it feels like this movie was just made so that they could create a new villain with a mask because mm-hmm. that's what the marketing is, right? Just a mask, it's this big smiley face, and dude, Which, look at how scary. I, I'm he not is. even mad at that necessarily. I'm I I don't dislike how it looks in some of the imagery. I think it kind of looks cool and menacing and, yeah. at certain points, but um. I think maybe they were a little too much with it. And yeah. ultimately, it, maybe it deters a bit from the realism or whatever realism is present in this movie, uh, which clearly is not as much as maybe it should have. I, I didn't mind so much that. Another thing that, and this is just me being kind of a picky bitch about it, but uh, I, you know, the killer going for like multiracial kids that doesn't happen in real life sorry sorry <laughs> listen if i kill 14 <laughs> women you know it's probably gonna be all f- like 14 white women i'm not gonna change it up with like a black woman at some point that just feels like you know he's getting a little experimental if you're gonna kill somebody you're not gonna be like well maybe this time i should really think to up the diversity numbers here maybe i gotta reach a quote you know i'm leaving out the asians quite a bit maybe hey. i go for the korean boy down the block yeah he killed the chinese boy he killed the mexican boy or which in the in the short appear. story it's the asian boy he's he's yeah. it's that character the but that's the only one and i think they maybe mention in passing that there was another boy who went missing at another point but that's the one he that the lead character mason i believe his name is um, is familiar with. I might have that lead character's name wrong. That might be the actor's name. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. But uh, Finney. Yeah, it's Mason, Mason Thames. Is Finney? Um, actually, that, that was Finney. another. That's yes. what he says at the that... end of the movie to the girl. Because now he's a stud. Now he's a killer. Oh yeah, he's a killer now. Yeah. yeah. Uh... <laughs> um, killer Finn. The the. How can I even the the Ethan Hawke character? His motivations made no sense at all. Because at first, what we're made to believe is that there's just a, a grabber, right? He's just picking up children randomly, uh, and, and then they disappear and never appear again. Mm-hmm. He kidnaps this boy for reasons that we don't. He just he does it in the same assuming, right? Because we we don't really see him abducting anyone else. It always cuts before it happens. So. They show the the Mexican boy uh, walking towards the van, and then they cut, so we don't see what happens. And then when Finn gets or Finny gets <laughs> gets kidnapped, we actually see what he does, which is you know the children see the balloons inside of the van, and he's like, "Oh, are those balloons?" And he opens the thing, and they get distracted, and then he sprays some shit on the kid's mouth, and and that's how he's able to kidnap him. But then when once he kidnaps Finn, he doesn't really do anything special. The kid doesn't really show anything that you would think, oh, this is the chosen one. Oh, this is the one that I'm going to let live for longer. This is the and that happens. And then he he's bringing him food and he's like, no, you're different. No, you're special. And it's like, how? how why? We, we didn't set up anything about the kid being special at all. We set him up as him being like a little bitch that. Can't even fight his own fights. His sister is getting beaten up for him because he can't fight. Uh, and then he's this special boy for reasons that we don't know. He starts getting calls from other 
kids that he he knows all of them because I guess that's like the the big story in the town that the, this guy is, is kidnapping children. But then the motivation of the killer, which was or which we're assuming because I don't think that's ever set up, is kidnapping kids to maybe do something to them and then kill them, right? Uh, that doesn't happen with this kid and we don't really get an explanation as to why. It just doesn't happen because he's our main character. It's because that would right? be off-putting for a major motion picture show molestation or implied I'm, I'm, No, I, and, and I don't want to see that. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to see the rape scene or whatever. But it's very odd that this character who's just a psycho, who's kidnapping kids for no reason, or if there's a reason, we don't know what it is, all of a sudden kidnaps this boy who's the softest one of them all. And he's like, no, I'm going to keep you alive for reasons that I'm not going to tell you just because I want to. Well, uh, and- there's, a, there's a certain... There's a pattern to how he does things that one of the boys explains, which is that you have to be a naughty boy for him to kill you, which is you got to try and get out. And so he's All warned right. if you get out, he's going to be there with an ax and he's going to kill you. You're going to be done for. So he doesn't oh, right. do that. He hasn't, he hasn't played the game, right? right. That's what right. So is this. This guy has a certain kind of, if they do this, I do this pathology to it. Now, as far as him being a special boy, he says a lot of things to this kid that clearly aren't true. He's like, "Well, I was going to let you go, but you lied about right. your name. You know, you can't. You know, so that that's oh, kind yeah. of meaningless. But he is obviously special since he has a, a touch of the shine, as uh, Scatman Crothers would would call it. He's got this this ability to talk to the dead. He should. They should make a sequel in like thirty years, uh, and it should just be like Long Island mm-hmm. Medium. It should be like Tyler yeah. Henry, but it's him." And you bring a, a gang of other children that wear top hats and their yeah. names should be... <laughs> yes, uh, Rose the Hat is back. <laughs> should be the Mike the Hat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's another thing that I, that I didn't like. That it, it, I'm, I'm not very familiar with Stephen King's writing. I'm more familiar with the movies that they've... How they've ruined his writing, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and, and this felt like it was trying to be a Stephen King movie but without actually taking the risks that his writing takes uh and I, I don't know if that's in the story because the story feels like a lot even though nothing happens to the kid it feels more raw and rough than what we get here uh especially with the treatment that the kid gets so it feels like they were trying to make a Stephen King movie but without getting edgy or getting to the point that would make it a Stephen King movie. And it makes sense that it's his child, I guess, his his son. But uh, it just, yeah, I don't know. It, it felt like a, like a movie direct to streaming. I can imagine going to the theater and, and, and watching this and, and being satisfied, you know? I don't know if I would say it felt like a direct to streaming movie. It kind of felt like um, a really good example of a COVID movie. Now, Oh, mm. did you um happen to check out the Resident Evil series that went to Netflix? Not yet. Oof, not yet. It's did all right, you... well, yeah, I, I watched uh, the first episode, and um, the first thing that caught my eye was that there's a lot of phone calls and conversations that happen through the computer screen. And, um, mm. you know, we, I'll give you an example here, not to turn into... Ralph the movie maker. I watched some uh, video on Ralph the movie maker from YouTube and how he did this thing before releasing Lover where he would just trash all these new movies and say, well, listen, even with my movie Lover, 
you know, we did this and that, and it's a piece of shit. It fucking sucks. It was ugly as hell. And it was clearly just like, I'm a 19-year-old boy shooting a movie for the first time. But even with my movie, which I shot for just $10,000, we did this and that. I don't want to fall into that trap. I don't want to get your expectations up and you're expecting fucking Citizen Kane from me now. But and you get lover. Even, yeah, yeah and you get lover. <laughs> that will, listen, if there's one thing I can firmly say, it's Mass State Lottery is at Not least lover. 10 times the movie that Lover wishes it was, okay? Um, now, you know, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, so something that uh, we did because we did shoot Mass State Lottery during covid times which i guess is over now right maybe um mm. there's a lot of communication and this was in the original script anyway before the virus which is um there's a lot of communication that happens through the screen and that's always boring as fuck in a movie so yeah. you want to make it interesting and so we didn't i you know i i tried to make it a little more interesting where it's not computers and not it's all technology essentially you'll you, you guys will maybe see that in the trailer when it drops on the uh, 25th of July. We'll see. Um, and something I noticed about the Resident Evil series is that they literally just took a screen and then threw a video image on it. Like it was a green, it was just, they probably had a full screen green uh, image and they swapped it out with the raw video of whoever. And they're like not looking, like not eye to eye with the person talking or anything like that it just looks funny it looks like they're distracted and talking to someone off camera um really poorly done some of the 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 caterpillar or whatever that's in there that's running after the girl that looks kind of good but it looks good in like a cowboy bebop way you know which means what is the budget was it a big was it a big budget for that series because i mean that's that's one of the things with Netflix productions, they just look the fucking same. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't they don't look like real movies. I guess this is a series, but also how many misses can Netflix have before people stop caring about their own original things? Because sure, Stranger Things is a huge hit. I like Dark. I think that's a really good show. Ozark. <laughs> Which ended in a very lukewarm, very handjobby way that I didn't oh. like. Uh, there's, I guess, Better Call Saul. That's Netflix, right? No, but no, that's no. Vince. That's not Netflix in America. That's but I, I know that that oh, it goes okay. to Netflix to you guys and some other. Countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that still Vince Gilligan. That's mm-hmm. that's not even Netflix. That's because he has that guy at the helm, so it makes sense that it would be quality. But everything they do it just looks the same. There's there's a movie coming out with. Uh, I think it's Chris Pratt that I saw, or one of those stars. Uh, Are you and talking about the looks... Gray Man with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That just looks like every other Netflix movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's different directors, but they look the exact same, uh, just not real. And then, well, I guess it's it's difficult to, uh, I guess, expect something good to come out of a, of a Resident Evil. Um, anything because even though we did enjoy raccoon city a lot uh it's it's not seen by most people as like it was a flop good nobody knows that movie even exists that's the thing it was dropped in theaters abruptly uh didn't go direct to streaming or anything so no one caught the attention of it that way and the promotional uh campaign that led up to it was so low-key by comparison to all those terrible paul ws anderson movies i i 
I, I don't know. I think it's very unfortunate that the one uh, enjoyable Resident Evil, anything that actually feels like the games and did something interesting, uh, is just not a factor as far as the property goes. The Netflix show has nothing to do with the games. Uh, just seems completely unrelated. The only thing that has to do with it is the Lance Reddick character, who looks nothing like Wesker. Uh, <laughs> what? You're yeah. kidding. The big, tall, German, blonde man, mm. or whatever he is, Swedish, whatever he yeah. is, is not Lance Reddick. No, he's not 60-year-old black Lance Reddick. Weird. This entire family. sociopath who looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger from back in the day uh, is turned into family man. He has many adopted children through different egg donors, and he's just taking care of his girls in New Raccoon City. And it's just like this is a this is a like a young adult teen girl drama mm. for Netflix. It feels like to all the boys I've ever loved that movie. <laughs> you know that's what it, that's what it feels like. So yeah, yeah. my big point here and why this tangent on Resident Evil just occurred is that it looks like a very poor example, very lazy example of a COVID shot movie. This feels like a very good example of that in which they were able to figure out a way to get around it. Because you just had one boy in a room, and then some surrounding stuff, obviously. But yeah. so much of that movie is just him uh, hanging out, being haunted through the telephone, and awaiting Ethan Hawke's character being a creep to him, which we never really get to see. He's just kind of uh, manipulative, and that's about yeah. it. Yeah. So what's the what's uh, what's the big gripe with this movie that really dropped it for you as far as? Um, just overall critical critical rating here because again one star is pretty yeah severe i uh i didn't think any of the horror worked this is supposed to be a horror movie and the horror is just sound jump scares mm -hmm. that you get sometimes uh i don't i don't think the villain was scary in any way or like it was more goof. I think they went too far with like the goofy. I'm crazy instead of making him actually threatening, uh, because even when he does the the axe killing thing, uh, which is close to the end of the movie, it just kind of looks funny <laughs> when it happens because it's just so out of nowhere. And then mm. James Ransom uh, plays it off pretty well. Also, uh, he's wearing a different variation of his outfit that makes him look like the Pokemon Cubone. Yeah. So there's yeah. that there's that as well. Yeah. So he looks like a little Ugh. wide man dressed as Cubone from Pokemon and he kills James Ransom who again, you know, he's very limited in this movie. His screen time is probably under 10 minutes. Uh he plays the cokehead brother of the grabber and he's like right. a conspiracy guy who's trying to find him and he's he even brings now does he live with Ethan yeah. Hawke's character? So it's all happening there's... right under his nose. Yeah, they're supposed to be living in the same house, and then he brings the two cops who were also caricatures of cops, mm -hmm. uh, brings them and then shows all the investigation that he's been doing without realizing that, oh, big reveal, he's in the basement. Oh, look at that. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that nuts? Uh, y yeah, I just, I just don't think that... I don't think, even think that it looked good. Like, I, I thought the cinematography was very dull. Uh, especially when you you should have done something interesting with that room to make it look more threatening. And it's barely dark. Uh, the, the kid doesn't really seem in danger at any point. So as a horror movie, 
is I don't even I didn't even feel any tension or anything uh, because he was kind of predictable as to what was going to happen. As soon as he started getting those calls and he's like, oh, you're a different kid. Oh, well, now you're a different kid. Now you're going to tell me more clues as to how to get away. And now it's a diff- so n- I don't know nothing. The, the first 20 minutes, it's what worked for me. And then as soon as he got kidnapped like that, it, it was just downhill uh maybe a star and a half is a bit harsh because i was i had just finished watching it so i was i was upset <laughs> at the fact that i watched an hour 45 minutes of, of something that didn't really work for me at all um but then after after listening to the the original story um th- i feel like that works so much better because it's very straight to the point mm-hmm. Uh, and the elements that they added here, like the, the creepy alcoholic dad who might get in trouble for some reason, even though we don't really see him do anything other than beat his children, which every parent in the 70s was doing. So the fact that he was so paranoid about something was kind of like, all right, are we going to know why? Like, is he is he a creep? Is he actually? Doing? We don't know. Nothing happened. That just gets resolved. So not doesn't get resolved. It just we just don't know. Um and then the sister thing, which just, uh, it's just, my, my mom also had visions. So I have visions and in my dreams, I see houses and I see things and I hear my brother. And it's, I don't know, it's just uh, the way that it was marketed or what I thought I was going to watch was like a new horror villain, like a new icon, because that's how I think this was sold. And then what I feel I ended up getting was a Goosebumps episode, mm-hmm. you know, where maybe if I was a kid, this would be scary. Uh, like, I remember what episode, the uh, Goosebumps, the one where the kid puts a mask on and then he can't take it off. The and that's, oh, mask. my God. Yeah. Yes. That it's was like, the... oh, that's so scary. I remember. Was that, are you afraid what? of the dark? Yeah. No, no, no. That was Goosebumps. Uh, they did two of those, but the first one I believe was the pilot, and they aired that in prime time as like a movie special. Even though it was only like an hour long or something, it was, I think it was forty minutes. Um, they used to do that, and it was a, an event. Yeah. Goosebumps would do those, and then you would have to go. You would go and buy the videotape, and it would be in like a clamshell. Mm. It was always, I don't know. I appreciate that aspect to it, but I don't. I, I don't green. agree at all. It was green. It, it was, was green, yes, right? it was a green, yeah, green yeah, haunted yeah. mask. Um, yeah. I don't agree at all that this is Goosebumps esque. I, I I think it's a I think it's a pretty solid horror movie. My big complaint with it though is that they decided to amp up uh, the supernatural aspects instead of going more in the predator uh, child yeah. abductor direction. Because I feel like you could have, especially with the talent of having Ethan Hawke and James Ransone on yep. board for this, and you have like a cool you know the seventies and being like a kid in that era. Mm-hmm. It's always if if you nail the look of it, and I think they did a good enough job with it. Again, they kind of pull from '80s looks, and it looks like they were maybe a little too inspired by uh, what's his name, like um, not Eddie on Stranger Things, but the guy who's like the beta version of Eddie, who is in Elvis and is like a star now. The long-haired rocker type. Like I could I could have done All right. without season that. three. Yeah, I could have done without yeah. those aspects or. And I also oh, yeah, feel like yeah. the child actors who are the victims are used too much in this movie because they're not up to snuff with the two lead child actors who mm-hmm. um, I, I think were pretty good. But like the Hispanic boy who goes missing and then the bully who goes missing, they suck. Yeah. They're, not, they're not very good at all. And it takes you out of it. And there's certain cheesiness to those performances and to the 
uh, even the the grabber with Ethan Hawke um, yeah. doing his best with it, but it doesn't really register as uh, authentic. I don't know. I think there was definitely portions of it that you, they could have shaped up much better than they wound up doing. But by the end of it, my mentality was more or less, okay, the the short story itself, unless you're making like a very quiet Gus Van Sant-esque indie film, you can't really leave it at that. You're going to have to pad it out and do something mm-hmm. different. And considering it's a universal Blumhouse movie and Blumhouse just cannot get it right really as yeah. of late, uh, this is not a poor example of that. I thought it was... I thought it was well-directed enough. I liked the cuts to fake 16-millimeter frequently and um, changing up the visual style a little bit uh, with that to just make it feel a little older. But I don't, it's not something I'm probably going to go back to. I think mm-hmm. for a modern horror movie that is not part of a pre-existing franchise, it does a decent enough job. And I, my anticipation is that they're going to make some more of these that will be prequels maybe. Or um, mm. something along the lines. I, I, from what I have heard, this movie was such a success because they shot it with a limited budget during COVID times. Uh, I think it probably went 10 times over, right? And it'll go to Peacock and they'll pick up new audiences there if anyone uses Peacock. They'll probably make another one of these. They'll make... Um, if they can get Ethan Hawke back, they'll make a prequel. And if they can't get Ethan Hawke back, then one of his victims will be traumatized and become the new grabber. And that's what they'll do. They're dead. Somebody who survived, he got away. <laughs> he the got only let... one that got away is this kid. <laughs> no, he got let go because no. the grabber enjoyed him. He was his protege. He trained him in secret. <laughs> he can't, can't even do the route with the brother because he had a fucking axe to the head. Yeah, uh, that's uh, right. Do you th- do you think that's that's a testament of the quality of this movie or the lack of quality in modern horror though. I think it's both. I think, I think this movie, again, I don't think this movie is that bad. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's good because of the time we're in where everything kind of sucks. I think it would be okay. If you, if this was released in 2019, I think this would be a C and because it's released in 2022 is more of a B minus. Um, What's yeah. the last horror movie that you've enjoyed, chrono- like chronologically, that came out recently? Like this part of a ch- franchise? I'm... No, no, just horror in general. You know, franchise or not, uh, the last horror movie that was released that you went, okay, that was good. That was good. Um, probably Halloween Kills. Oh, I well, let me think about that real quick. Let me t- check out. I'm sure there was something from this year that was horror related. Uh, that I'm overlooking. But Halloween Kills, I remember thinking, wow, that was uh, something different. Right. Which okay. st- people are very, very, very Still. slowly coming around to. They're not mm-hmm. quite on board with that idea just yet. Um, but I think they will be. I mean, it depends on how Halloween ends goes, right? Because yeah. if they go too wacky with it, then it'll erase everything that's kind of interesting and unique about Halloween Kills. But if they try and circle back and get back more in line with that first Halloween movie, I think Halloween Kills is going to crystallize into something really special and cool. Um, Yeah, actually, no, there's like nothing from this year that's horror-related that was good. I thought Firestarter was not nearly as bad as people made it out to be, but it wasn't good. 
Uh, Scream was horrible. Studio 666, you guys were generous on. I was not a fan. Uh, Master, that was bad. X was a huge disappointment. Yes, yeah, Master? Um, that was a Regina King Amazon movie. Oh, yeah. I'm good. It, it, I think it took place <laughs> in Massachusetts. I don't know. It was not the best. Yeah, I mean, for, for modern stuff, it's really Shut probably in. just... Yeah, it's not. That's not really horror, though. I mean, yeah, the the big pedo bad guy, and that didn't even really do anything that bad. He was just trying to get his money. <laughs> he just didn't open yeah. a door, and he got fucking burnt and shot by people. <laughs> uh, paranormal activity next of kin. Yeah, malignant I think, I think Candyman. Uh, uh, you know what? Malignant is one that is a piece of shit, but I have like a fond memory of it, even though in the moment I was like, I hate this movie. This movie's so stupid. But yeah. then I, after the fact, I, like long after the fact, I was kind of like, yeah, that was so ridiculous. I don't know. I don't hate that. I don't dislike how over the top that was. Uh, the Conjuring, Spiral. <laughs> no, uh... none of that. I mean, uh, we've talked... Talked it. It's not even really a horror movie. Scary sixty first. That was, there was nothing spooky about that. Yeah, movie. nothing scary. About that. Titan was again. That's another one that is already forgotten. People were like, "Yeah, that's the best movie of the year." It's so Cronenberg ass. No one remembers Titan. It's been <laughs> it's been like seven months. Nobody remembers Titan. I think it's really just Halloween Kills, which is also Blumhouse. So, Assessor. That one was fine. Color out of space. Yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, fucking, what's what's good movies anymore, anyway? <laughs> right. There's, um, it's, you know, with horror especially, I think, it's difficult to narrow down what what is actually quality and what's going to be um, revealed for what it really is in a short period of time. Like with the Batman or anything along those lines. Oh, it's, you know, it's shot like a horror movie, the Batman. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is it? Was I don't it know. I'm hearing about a... a rape and a castration in Joker Two, the musical. <laughs> Joker the musical is going to have a rape castration. That sounds. That sounds like a real horror movie to me. I Jesus. hope the Joker gets castrated. And that's why his voice is so high. Right. <laughs> we see his little penis just flop out. Which uh, they also said, if that report's correct, and I hope it is, not because of the rape and castration, um, but it says that uh, Lady Gaga is not going to be Harley Quinn, and I'm not a fan of Harley Quinn, so. Maybe she's Bruno. Maybe she's you know Bruno from Dark Knight Returns. Bruce Willis, yeah, eighties could be Bruce could <laughs> Bruce could could play Bruno. Uh, let me see if I can pull up a photo of Bruno real quick. This is the Joker's first love, Bruno, uh, from Frank Miller's The Dark Knight oh. Returns. Now, if Bruce you guys could... are, if you guys <laughs> could are... play Bane, if you have <laughs> Silent Bane, <laughs> just his head, just don't make him speak. Well, here here's Bruno in the animated movie. This is um, an adaptation of Dark Knight Returns, but here's uh, Bruno here. Oh, I just remember. Focus. It's a Nazi trans woman with swastikas tattooed to her breasts. Titties. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. today. Very 4chan, if you ask. So you think that could be the Lady Gaga character? That Wouldn't that fucking rule if she was Bruno? <laughs> wouldn't that be the best thing in the history of uh, modern movie making? They're not going to do swastikas, though. So what do you think they're going to do instead? For they this? should. No, they got to commit to it. Just go all the way. Shirts off the entire time. Swastikas, trans. <laughs> People used to say she had a lump in her pants, if you remember that. Yeah. 
people yeah, say yeah. you're a hermaphrodite, Lady Gaga. I think her response was, would it be terrible if I was? I don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. She's kind of... She, you know, Lady Boy Gaga. <laughs> See, this is Hans's new character for this episode. Is Lady Boy Gaga. It was Doctor Hans on the previous. Yeah. Um, we're keeping that bit going. You know, she's a little like short, chubby, middle-aged woman now. So that's kind of also. Yeah. He looks like shit. Joaquin Phoenix. Disappointment Boulevard. He's got a. He's missing hair. It's like a big, big giant patch right here, and he's fat. Oh, so we maybe we'll get like the Jack Nicholson tiny rotund Joker, you know, for Joker the musical, where he's dancing and he's jiggling and he'll be happy because he's got a wife. Just gain a bunch of weight from the first movie because <laughs> <laughs> his yeah. mom is dead now. He's just he's eating his feelings. Eating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, what else are you gonna? It's not like prison where he can go bench. You know, he's in a psychiatric ward at the end of Joker, so maybe he did get fat. We'll find out when he sings and dances about it. I mean, honestly, as as crazy as they want to go with it, I think would be for the best. Because yeah. if you if you tr- if you try to make it as serious as the first one, I don't know if you're going to be able to recapture that again. So going on a completely different direction, I like. Uh, I guess it goes back to to when we talk about how what DC is doing, we prefer because it's just contained stories instead of trying to build a, an entire universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be. I mean, I guess it would be like the hangover, right? If Which they if they tried did. to, I think it would be a big all failure. And um, I think the direction that they're going based off of everything they've said, as far as it being a musical, which they also crib for me, just like the Elliot Page casting, <laughs> uh, is a good idea. And uh, I am intrigued to see what they do with it. Yeah. Uh, as far as Black Phone goes. Yeah, go I'm more excited about that, about that than the Batman 2. Mm-hmm. Me too. Where, I, I, where I don't we... have any sort of um, expectation that the Batman sequel will be uh, anything to look forward to, but it also doesn't seem like they're rushing into that. I've heard much more about, oh, the Penguin spinoff show, and we're going to do, uh, they want to do Flash-oriented stuff, like what Marvel's been getting in the business of, where they're messing around with all the different properties that aren't in the marvel studios cinematic universe because obviously like patrick stewart popped up as professor x and whatnot now so um i'm hearing more about oh they want to contract ben affleck again for a crisis on infinite earths movie things of that matter so we'll 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 see what they do but it doesn't seem like as popular as the batman was for a time and it was a box office success there's not a whole lot of talk about getting that sequel into into gear. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. Um I'll buy it. I'll I'll show up at the theater. Yeah. I'll see I'll see any Batman movie, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Even if you know that what you're going to get is just another 3 hours of the same thing. Yeah, for a live action movie. I mean, even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Um yeah. Anyway, Black Phone did not win you over. I thought it was nope. decent. Um, Joe, have you ever seen any of Joe Hill's uh, other books that have been adapted, like Horns? Or uh, you did watch no. Nosferatu. You saw the series a little bit. I saw the pilot, and that okay. was enough. <laughs> I don't. I really don't like that 
guy. What's his name? Spock. Quinto, Zachary Quinto, yeah, who popped up in everything. He was on literally everything for like a five-year run. He was on Girls. He was in Star Trek. He was on the hit NBC sitcom—not uh, sitcom, excuse me—miniseries uh, The Slap. And I think he was the one who oh, yeah. delivered The Slap. Do you, uh, Wasn't do you remember he in, the slap? in those? I remember the uh, promotional clip of mm-hmm. him slapping a child. I think it was or something. Yep. A woman. Um, wasn't he on those American Horror Stories too? Mm-hmm. Maybe the first one, I think. He was in, he was in all of them, I think, to a point. Anyway. No. Yeah. No, I've, that in the Tall Grass. I think I started watching that, but I honestly have zero memories as to what even happens there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, this is the first movie. I, I can't even blame him though because he didn't write the script, but, but. Uh, yeah, not not familiar with his with his work. Is he more of a short story writer than than a full book writer? Like no, that? no, he does novels. His first book was called Heart Shaped Box, and it was about like an aging rocker guy with his young girlfriend who buys this um, obscure item off of eBay because it's like good for his image or whatever to have like this creepy thing, and it turns out to be actually haunted. And um, it's about him trying to, like, dispose of that and escape whatever goes. And it, I think that one's his best book. That one was plenty enjoyable. It's been... The Gremlins? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, just like Gremlins. <laughs> uh, it's been about 10 years since I've read any of his books. Horns was uh, not bad. Nosferatu was not bad. That's where he started to tread into, like, Stephen King territory and mess with characters and that sort of right. vibe. I never read The Fireman, which I think was his fourth novel. And um, some of 20th Century Ghosts, aside from this short story, is pretty, pretty good. I I don't know. I haven't really kept up with any of his work since, though. It's just kind of if if Stephen King doesn't have something new out, you go read Joe Hill. That kind of um, satis- satisfies the itch, so to mm. speak, because it's similar enough. And right. um, after Stephen King dies, I think he's going to have a very lucrative career. So, yeah. I don't know. All the all the movies though that I've seen that have come of his work aside from the Black Phone are not very good. Um the adaptation of Horns with Daniel Radcliffe is really pathetic. Uh it's not even like so miserably bad that you can somehow be impressed with how much they failed. It's just kind of it's just a dud. It's a wet noodle of a film. Right. Uh, and I think they tried to coast on, ooh, it's, you know, Harry Potter and there's horns growing up. Isn't this crazy? Isn't this wack? It was yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. he tried to do a, quite a few of those movies. What was the Australian one where he had, like, guns stapled to his hands? Uh, guns Akimbo? Yeah. Something like that? Then he, didn't he do a play where he shows his dick with a horse? Mm. Yeah, he was really trying to get that Harry Potter stink of him. Uh, and, uh, I don't know if he's succeeded at that still. He's played a Nazi, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he's still Harry Potter. He's still trying so. to go for it and get out of that. Yeah. It's and very it, uh, Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm. But Elijah but Wood no. did did escape yeah. whatever he was known for, which I think was not not one specific role in particular. It was just kind of cute kid actor. And yeah. then it was Frodo, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when he was already kind of established. All right, uh, I think I think we've covered just about everything we can cover on the Black Phone and Joe Hill. This is the 
Again, the first installment of an unnamed and will remain unnamed series where we compare the literature to the film. Um, check us out on patreon.com slash if you listen to this over on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you are listening to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please rate and review this show because it helps. And people sometimes like to leave uh, backhanded remarks with their five-star reviews, which look, 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 you can do it if you want to do it. As long as there's a five-star five, review, attached. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, but you know, it, you know, I won't even criticize you for it. Just go ahead and do it because we need more of those because it helps with the search results, search engine. All right, Hans is H-word name on Twitter. Hans Dose on Instagram. Lowres WB on Twitter and Facebook. Lowres Wonderbread on Instagram. That has been movies for this week. You got any final words here? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.